there, I'm Andrea Koppel, and it's time for coffee, the podcast where you get to hear firsthand what the jobs and careers that interest you the most are really like. Hey there, Java junkies. Welcome to another episode of T4C. Do you want to get into the field of education, but you can't see yourself working in the typical classroom and you want the freedom and the responsibility that goes along with being an entrepreneur? then this is the episode for you. Because my next guest has built a hugely successful homeschooling and tutoring business by individualizing her teaching methods to meet the needs of her high-end clientele, who've included the likes of Kylie and Kendall Jenner and Dr. Dre's children. But before I introduce you to Tiffany Soria, I want to make sure you've signed up for the Java Junkies Journal. That's the weekly newsletter we blast out on Mondays, giving you an exclusive peek at the episodes and the professionals we're going to be featuring that week. Just head over to the Time for Coffee website at time, the number for coffee.org, and the sign up box is right there on the homepage. Now, my educated espresso lovers, please grab your mug and take a chug of your favorite caffeinated brew because it's time for another caffeinated career conversation. And my guest today is Tiffany Soria, the founder of the Novel Education Group, whose tagline is Making Smart Stylish Again. Tiffany discovered her passion for teaching while she was still an undergrad in college by creating her own shortcuts to help herself excel in school and then sharing them out with her classmates. When she graduated, Tiffany decided to pursue her love of teaching, which is rooted in open and flexible teaching methods that focus on her students' own passions and their individualized learning styles rather than on the monotony found in traditional curriculum in conventional school settings. Tiffany, welcome to Time for Coffee. Are you caffeinated and ready to go? Hi, yes, definitely have my coffee. I'm ready to go. Wonderful. So before we get into the why and the how you became an educator and an entrepreneur, I would love to kick things off by learning more about what all the services are that the Novel Education Group offers and what you mean when you say on your website that you cater to students and families with unconventional lifestyles. Well, first of all, unconventional for us really falls under several categories. We have students that are in the range of I'm 14 years old and I've just signed a recording contract all the way to students who travel with their parents as a lifestyle. We have a couple clients who travel. They live back and forth between L.A. and Mexico City. Or we have another client who the parents travel. They have several businesses here in the States. But as a lifestyle, they choose to live sort of in a different country probably every couple of months. And they want to bring their children with them. And they don't want their children's education to be affected by the fact that they are not in one place. So we help anyone in between those areas. You know, back when I was younger, homeschool had a bit of a strange connotation that came with it. And it was always, I'm in homeschool because I can't go to regular school because of X, Y, or Z. Nowadays, though, homeschool has really turned into an alternative choice for education. More parents are choosing homeschool over traditional school setting because of the flexibility and the freedom that it gives you in terms of lifestyle. 
Absolutely. So what are the services that Novel Education Group offers beyond homeschooling? So homeschooling is where we really shine. That's our specialty. And that is what we pride ourselves in being able to provide because of the tailored curriculum that we're able to give and also being able to help students who, just like I said, if you have a young singer, actor, athlete, that type of student, or if you have a student that is looking into attending an Ivy League school, we also have that type of program as well. So being able to cater to both is something that we specialize in. We also just do regular after school tutoring. And our tutoring is a little bit different than just sort of show up with a backpack and help with the situation. We really try managing the academic lives of our students. We help them with organizational skills. We help them with time management. We make sure that they're writing things down in their planners. We really try and instill habits in them so that they are successful after they are done working with us. In our profession, in what we do, the sign of a successful student in our business is that they complete their time with us and then continue to be successful after us. If our presence is needed perpetually, then sometimes that can be a sign that we're not doing our job. So it's important that they take with them skills that they can apply to the rest of their life. So that's all within the tutoring. We also do standardized test prep, SAT, ACT, AP testing, SAT2 testing, all of those things we help with. And then we're also rolling out a new program called CAP, which is college admissions prep. And that is going to be a program that students enroll in that help with the process of applying to college and really prepping them from the beginning to be fully prepared for that process when it comes because it is a daunting one. So, Tiffany, you said that the homeschooling is really what you do most of the time with your clients. Can you give us a sense of how you go about customizing classes to your young students? Do they have to take the math and the science and social studies and all of that? And how do you make it individualized? So yes, there is no way around state standards, unfortunately. I would love at some point in the future to see the age-old standards being changed a little bit. I would love to see that. I think more and more we are stepping away from things that worked 50 years ago and they are not working today. So just for the record, would love to see a change in that. However, because we cannot change those state standards, we don't believe in spending the same amount of time on every single subject. So this is really where the work of my amazing teachers and tutors comes in. Because we work one-on-one with students, we can change assignments. We can change reading material. We can change how much time is spent in each subject. While they still have to take the biology course and the chemistry course, if they want to be a writer, you don't have to spend as much time on the biology and the chemistry courses as we do on the English class. There are things that we can cut short a little bit or change assignments a little bit so that it's a little bit easier to manage for the student. So those are the things that we're able to do. We also have, in terms of electives, because every student has to take a certain amount of elective credit to graduate. We mean the wood shop class that you did or the pottery class that you did or the home ec. Those are the elective courses. So rather than just taking a bunch of random things, which you can still do, of course, if you want to, we have a design your own elective option. So that way they are able to work on a craft, a specific craft outside of school and then have it count as elective credit. Oh, nice. So 
In some of the articles that I've read about you as I was preparing for this interview, I saw that the amount of time that your students spend with you or one of your teachers is really flexible as well. Can Mm -hmm. you give us a sense, maybe take us into the classroom, Tiffany, and I'm guessing it isn't a classroom at all, but their home or wherever they happen to be and kind of break down a day or the brief session that you would spend with your students. The typical seat time is what we like to call it, that we recommend for a student is about 15 hours a week. Those 15 hours can be split up really any way you would like them to be split up. We have some students that do less. We have some students that do more. Some students, especially the older ones, feel really comfortable doing some of the classes on their own, but the more difficult ones they would like help with. So a typical day, it's hard to say this because it's really different depending on who the student is. In regular school, you spend about an hour in each class, right? Give or take. Mm Mm-hmm. With homeschool, because things move so much quicker, you're spending about half that time on each course. So depending on what the student wants to do, sometimes if they want to hit every subject in one day, or if they want to spend one day on two subjects, and then the next day they go on another two subjects, then we're able to do that as well. Or... Sometimes students want to spend two weeks on one subject and get a whole bunch done and then move on to another. So that's the type of flexibility that we have. In regular school, it's like, okay, time's up for this course. Oh, you're right in the middle of working on your paper. You got a good flow going. Okay, you have to stop that now and go on to your next class. In homeschool, you don't have to do that. You can continue writing. You can continue flowing. And then you can continue moving on to the next thing. And then when you feel ready or you're feeling a little sick of writing this paper now, I'm ready to move on to the next thing. Then you can move on to the next thing. That's what our day is. And that's why I keep saying how different it is, because quite honest, it's very different every day. Yeah. What about you as the founder of Novel Education? What is a typical day like for you right now, Tiffany? What are all the various responsibilities you're juggling? A typical day for me is keeping constant tabs on all the students. So while every student has their own teacher, of course, that knows their day to day, that knows the ins and outs of exactly where they are in their courses. But for us, it's really making sure that our teachers are taking advantage of the adaptive teaching that we advertise, really, that we try and push as part of our program. So making sure that our students are getting the most out of everything is something that I constantly try and keep tabs on. If I see a student that's really unhappy with one of their courses, then that is on me, seeing what we can do in order to make things more engaging for them, speaking with the teacher and maybe changing some assignments to make things a little bit more fun. So it's doing those things as well as being the face of this company and spreading spreading the message of making smart stylish again and spreading the message of what we're trying to achieve in terms of a new wave of education. So you mentioned making smart stylish again. Why did you pick that for your tagline and why do you think that is so important? Well, we are living in a world of trends and we are living in a world of influencers. And like it or not, this is where we're at. And I feel like there's such a strong dichotomy between education and this sort of new technological world and social media world that we're living in. And suddenly school has become old fashioned and boring and not cool. And 
in my eyes, school has always been cool. I think it's so cool to meet someone. There was a girl a few years ago I read in the news who was accepted to like seven Ivy League universities because her essay was so great. And I just thought that was the coolest thing. I thought she was so cool. And I want to see people thinking that girls and boys like her are cool. And because of who I am as well, I always felt like I was someone that was able to balance fashion and books and then education and makeup like every other woman. I love beauty. I love fashion. I love all of those things. And I don't think that those are two worlds that have to be mutually exclusive of each other. And I think that if we live lifestyles that molded education and school with those things, then we can make smart stylish again. We can make education trendy again. A lot of times people don't want to post about it because there isn't a cool, edgy leader or a cool, edgy company that they want to get behind. And so creating that for them and making students care about education again is the goal. Great. So take us back to the beginning of novel education. You started it in 2014. What inspired you not only to teach, but to build a business? How did you get it off the ground? Well, firstly, I saw Void. That was really what it was. I remember I was working for a couple agencies and then another school before I started the business. And I kind of saw what was going on. And I had gained so much experience from teaching so many students through the agency and through the school. I really felt like I could see and I understood what students wanted because I wasn't that much older than them. Mm -hmm. And so I could see things that they thought were cool and I thought they were cool too. But then I was also like this really educated person. And so for them, they like looked up to me because I was smart and I was cool. You know, for example, today, my student took some time and looked at the Met Gala outfits together because (laughs) that stuff was so fun. And then we got right back into our econ class. And then it just made it that much easier to do the econ class. For the first year, Novel Education Group was just me. It was just me teaching. And I think a lot of people don't realize that when people start businesses, that it really is just a person starting a business. (laughs) It's a little bit like the Wizard of Oz. Like there's this big voice that's booming behind a curtain. I totally relate to that because time for coffee is just me. (laughs) So, right? Yes. (laughs) Absolutely. So it was just you. And it's my understanding that Kylie and Kendall were your first students. Right. So I had been working with them through another school, actually. And when I started the business, they actually really trusted me. And I was going to start the business regardless of whether they were going to come with me or not. But they trusted me. And I think that they believed in what I was doing. And so then they chose to come with me. And so for a while, I had a couple other tutoring students, but they were my only homeschooling students at the time. And then I had a couple after school tutoring things. And I was just kind of like, here we go. Let's see what we can make happen. And how did you learn to teach so many different classes? I was a science major. Anyone that is a science major that is listening to this podcast knows science is an all-encompassing field. Obviously, you learn all the science stuff. But in a lot of science classes, there's math. So you got to be up with the math. And I think what a lot of people don't realize, but in a lot of science, there is writing. There is a lot of reading and there is a lot of writing. So you're able to critically read things, analyze information, and then apply it in terms of a paper. And once you've done some of these history and English classes once, 
it's pretty easy to do them again. So really the first couple times around, it's challenging for sure. But then once you do it a couple times, then you're good. Fantastic. So Tiffany, you mentioned being in the science world. I know you majored in biology and in French and you went to Portland State. Did you know what you were going to do with that degree when you graduated? No. <laughs> no idea. I didn't know. I always dreamed that I would be some sort of research scientist living on a boat somewhere or something like that. Because I've always liked adventures. I love to travel. I love to learn. And my friends always tease me that I've somehow managed to just be a student for the rest of my life and made a business out of it. So no, the short answer is no, I, I didn't know. But I always thought teaching somehow would be a part of it. Because even as a scientist, you obviously want to share all the things that you are researching about. So I always kind of saw teaching in some capacity in my future, but I really didn't see this. So what was your first job out of school and how did you get it? My first job out of school. So while I was in school, I actually worked as a pharmacy technician. Oh, cool. What is that? It's actually totally random. So it's like the nurse to the doctor. You know, when you go to the pharmacy and you pick up your prescription, so you have the pharmacist that's there and then you have the assistants. I was the assistant. So I worked in a pharmacy and it worked for me because I was a science major in school, but I was very young. Normally people go to school to be a pharmacy technician and now you have to pass state exams to be a farm tech. But back then I was sort of grandfathered into the system. So my first job, I applied to teach pharmacy technician courses at a local vocational college in Portland. And that was my first job. I was 22 and everyone in the class was older than me. And I was teaching pharmaceutical math. It's so interesting to see the common thread. So you went on from teaching in a pharmaceutical school to teaching homeschooling for K through 12. Yeah, I really always just had a knack for teaching. I'm such a talker. I really talk and overly explain and overly communicate. And so that's always been in me. So I think that something that had to do with communicating an idea was kind of always in the works for me. Great. So Tiffany, I try to ask all time for coffee guests the following two questions. The first being to see if you would share a story with our young listeners about a low time for you in your profession. We've all had them when you struggled and maybe you had a really challenging boss or you were in over your head or whatever the case may be. But more importantly, how you came through the other side and maybe a lesson that you learned in the process. Right. Well, there's been a few not just in my profession, but in my adult life in general. The first one that really jumps out at me, and I have to mention this because my past experiences, of course, affect my profession. My first year of college was a particularly low time for me. And it was because I hadn't found passion or a purpose in my life. And I felt like I was going to school and I was doing the motions, but I didn't have a purpose behind it. And so I actually felt quite empty. And I felt like everything I was doing didn't really have a point to it. And so it makes it really hard to continue with the motions of studying and mm -hmm. doing well in school and all of that because I didn't see a purpose in it because there was no light at the end of the tunnel. So for me, it was just all pointless. And, and I actually did really, really terrible my first year of college. I did really bad because I just didn't have any motivation. To get out of it, what I really did is I surrounded myself with people 
who had purpose and who had passion. And I leaned on them for a lot of emotional support. And they helped me find my knack, which ended up being teaching and education and school. And suddenly I dropped the idea of the big question of why you ask me, do you have plans after you graduated college? The real answer is no, I didn't. But I didn't let that bother me so much anymore. And I reminded myself that everything I was doing was a choice. Even being in school, in college, of course, it was a choice. I was choosing to be there. I was paying to be there. So there had to be a reason why I wanted to be there. And it was because, honestly, I loved science and I loved those things. And so I just reminded myself, you're here because you love it. And if you don't love it, then you shouldn't be here. I dropped the notion of what am I going to do with this after four years? I just dropped that pressure. And I worked on my quote unquote craft, which at the time was being a student, learning everything I could learn. And once I sort of let go of the pressure and I just embraced what was happening at the moment, I was shot to the top of my class for a lot of my classes. And that lesson has stayed with me since then because it was such a low time coming out of it. I remind myself constantly that you come out of these things and you have to find your passion and you have to find your purpose. That is why it's so important for us at Novel for kids to follow their passions. And half of it is, I think, not listening to what's happening outside there, right? And just focusing on what you're interested in. Where do you think maybe your strengths are? See if you can discover that and not try to reverse engineer it too much in terms of what you're going to be doing with the rest of your life, because that's all going to change. So true. It is going to change. I think the average that people change their majors in college is seven times. And it does change. And if you try and keep in your mind that if you don't get this one thing done, then everything is in shambles, then it absolutely will be in shambles because very few people does that actually all work out to happen that one way. So you're absolutely right in terms of the reverse engineering. You can't try and work backwards too much. Especially, Tiffany, if somebody doesn't know what they're passionate about. How can you figure out what you're going to do if you haven't discovered what gets you up in the morning? So just kind of dig in, see what you like, see what you enjoy like you did. You were studying science and French and little did you know that you were going to go on and start your own educational company, right? And that the science in French would be a huge competitive advantage that I had over a lot of other teachers. And so this is sort of all ties into working on a good product and service. It's kind of all in the same thing. If you work at your craft and if you work on the things that you really love and that you're passionate about, then the opportunities will find you because things will open up because you're opening yourself up, right, to all of the things that come with learning. And then you take advantage of those opportunities. And then that's how business forms. Yes. And I think going back to what you said earlier, when you were feeling really down your freshman year, you went and found people who were going to lift your spirits because they were doing things they enjoyed. Yes. So you pulled those people closer in your orbit. Mm hmm. To be fair, at the time when I was really low, I was surrounded by people that were also really feeling really low. And it didn't give me any purpose to lift out of the fog. And suddenly when I was around people who were lifted, then I wanted to be lifted as well. 
Also, it shows, Tiffany, the importance of your mental health in influencing your energy. And as you said, you went from being kind of a crappy student your freshman year because you were feeling so badly to being an amazing student because you were feeling so good. Yes. Yes, you're totally right. So final time for coffee question. If you could go back to school, back to college, to Oregon State and do it all over again, but based on the wisdom you have now, Tiffany, what advice would you give yourself? I think the first thing I would tell myself is, yes, you can. (laughs) That's the first thing, because I think I felt, especially along with that first year, I was like, I can't do this. It's too hard. I don't have it in me. I just can't. And you always can in some capacity. You always can. I'm not going to sit here and say everyone can become the president of the United States if they want to, because that's just not reality. I also would have told myself to keep my options and my horizons more open than you think that they need to be. Because the more open you are, the more opportunities you're exposed to. And I would just do as much as you can. College is such a great time. Some of my students at Novel don't go to university and they have their fair and good reasons to not do so. College isn't for everyone. However, I will say from my personal experience, giving advice to my old self or to anyone that's going to be starting college soon, take advantage of all the things that that college has to offer you from the travel to the people, to the clubs, to the sporting events. All of those things will absolutely play a role in your life after college. So I think I would have done even more. I think I would have looked at all the programs that were available to me. And and then I would have told myself that nothing is as hard as it seems and you can do it. Absolutely. I agree 100%. And the worst thing that happens is that you get a bad grade. But that isn't what college should be about. It's about just being in that learning environment, both in the classroom and in the extracurriculars, like you said. Because trust me, when people ask you, what did you study in school? I don't think I have ever gotten the question. And what was your GPA when you graduated? (laughs) Right, exactly. Because who cares? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, listen, Tiffany, thank you so much for making Time for Coffee today with me and the Time for Coffee community. Novel Education sounds like such a wonderful company and such a great service for those young people who are fortunate enough to be able to work with you and the other teachers in your school. So thank you so much, Tiffany. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This was a really, really great conversation. Thanks so much for listening to Time for Coffee, where the professionals in the jobs that most interest you always have time to grab coffee 24-7, no matter where you live. I have one quick favor to ask you. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Time for Coffee. Thanks so much.